My name is Kim Smith. I am a Bitterwater woman and I am born for the Black Street Wood people. I am Dana from St. Michael's, Arizona, and I am the caretaker for the art uh, for the exhibition The Art of Indigenous Resistance. And can you give us some background um, as to what the art of indigenous resistance is, where where it comes from, where it birthed from? Um, I think it. Well, I know that it's been. I have been. I also do a lot of organizing work, and we have put on different shows throughout the past ten years. And you know, at each of these shows, we would in, they would just kind of be like pop up shows you know we just needed to have the space for artists to be able to show their art um tied it into a lot of a lot of the different struggles that were happening in the southwest you know we did an event called keeping it community is keeping it real um we had another one called um gathering of styles we did the gathering styles one and two um which is one that's where i met chanupa and you DJed at that event too um, but basically it was just a lot of the homies, you know, um, thankfully do a lot of resistance art. And so, <laughs> you know, it just kind of been formulating over the years and, you know, we, it just came time where we had so many, so much great art that it just came to a point where it had to become its own exhibition. And so, um, Nanaba Chacon and I collaborated on a show called We Honor the Art of it, the Art of Resistance. And um, we had a lot of the homies who had been doing a lot of this, you know, work, artwork that was centered around the fossil fuel industry, centered around resistance. And that's basically the, the foundation for the show. And, you know, prior to, to that show in particular... I co-organized a lot of stuff with Grace Horn and Gracie Horn and she's um, a curator who studied at IAIA and you know she's just you know the two of those the two women have really helped with the vision in terms of how art should be displayed and how um, you know there's this responsibility as a curator that you have to not only the art but the artists to be able to, to tell the story and um, you know, I, I really appreciate their guidance and um, they really did help me in in help getting this exhibition to where it is now. And, you know, it's we're going into our third slash fourth year now with the exhibition. And so far it has traveled. It's it's traveled to a, it's traveled 11 cities so far. Um, right now it's in L.A. And with this exhibition, I um I try to show it in cities to get, you know, urban communities to really understand what 
being on the grid means and what it means to indigenous communities, what it means to income communities of color. Um, you know, when the when they turn on the light switch, where does that electricity come from? You know, it could, could it could come from coal, it could come from oil, gas, or you know, when they turn on the faucet, where does that water come from? And so it really challenges urban communities to take a look at their carbon footprint. It really challenges them to check their energy privilege um, because, you know, where, where I come from, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have running water, don't have electricity, but they have these toxic um, realities. You know, they have toxified water, they have power lines going over us, and, you know, that basically... Um, the exploitation of indigenous communities, my community is very heavy and we don't see any of the benefits that most people do who live in urban city, urban settings. So what was your selection process? I know that this, um, this particular exhibition in Los Angeles, you did a call to art, a call to artists and, um, you grew the exhibition. So, so what was, what was your idea behind that? And what did it grow from? What was the original um, starting point of work? Um, the original starting point was um, some of the stuff that at the time there was a collective called Honor the Treaties. And a lot of the folks there came from the Southwest. Um, you know, Nani Chacon was a part of it, Jake Frawa, um, Tom Gray Eyes. And, um, you know, they put out a lot of poster prints. And so I gravitated towards those because for one, you know, I, they're artists that I have, um, admired and, and the art that they were, um, creating really spoke to a lot of the struggles that were happening within our communities. Um, so we had some of those posters. Um, we also collaborated with Honor the Treaties on some of the exhibitions as well. And also it, it had a lot of, art from Honor the Earth. So Honor the Earth is going into its 32nd year. And so um, Winona LaDuke had a lot of archived art from different campaigns that Honor the Earth had run. Um, so it had gone from, you know, keeping wild rice um, away from genetic modification to stopping pipelines. Um, so there was, and then there's also some of the work that had been done here in the Southwest that had to do with, you know, Four Corners Power Plant, now Generating Station. And so it was basically a merging of work that was being done in the Midwest as well as in the Southwest that Honor the Earth had been working on. Um, so that was the first, the first phase of the show. And, you know, it, it, after, a couple of years of touring with this show, I started to see more and more resistance art, more and more art centered around environmentalism. And so I thought, well, why don't we do a call to art? So now we have um, a new exhibition that, you know, has not only the art that was a part of the original show, but we also have some historical art from the 80s and 90s that ha that shows a lot of the organizing that had been done around Big Mountain, AIM, Leonard Peltier. And I just, um, I have some friends that 
had posted it on their Instagram story and automatically I had after I saw those posters I was like whoa this is exactly what the exhibition needs and so I I emailed them and told them hey would you mind lending us these these archival pieces for the show and we could have it as a special addition to the show and so we have those pieces as well as the call to art that was made and with this new call to art it's really exciting because we have art from indigenous people from around the world. And, you know, we, we need to unify in that front to protect the environment, to, to stand tall as indigenous people, mainly because the reality is, is we're the ones that carry um, communities on our backs. And we're also like mad poor. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's really us telling our stories and um, unifying on that front and really encouraging each other to understand that we're not alone in this struggle, you know, that we're not the only ones doing. There's not just, you know, sometimes as organizers, we feel like it's it's just us who is who is doing the work. But the reality is, is that there's so many people who are who are doing the same doing the same work and it, it's going to pay off <laughs> each other and ourselves that Um but the other, the other really exciting thing that um, I have come to realize with this show is that there are more women artists in this exhibition than there are men. And it's almost equal. You know, there's 35 men who are um, 35 male artists and then there are 39 female artists. And as as a woman who, you know, participates in the art scene and whatnot, it's it's really great to be able to see women, you know, in the forefront of it. You know, I've seen shows like there was a show this weekend in L.A. and there was no female representation. And so, you know, it's it's really great to be able to kind of show equality, but also like <laughs> there's a few more women than there are men. And so it's it, it, it feels good to be able to create that space. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of the show we have started with mainly like a poster show. But now it's the things that have been submitted are kind of like um I, I don't even know the, the terminology because <laughs> I'm not a curator by, <laughs> I'm like a hood curator, <laughs> but they're like more expensive. I don't know. <laughs> like we have a piece that's, you know, um, a Buffalo hide and, you know, it's for me, I, I'm, I'm very selective on who's, who's handling this art because it's medicine. You know, and, and some galleries have hit us up and have been like, just send the art and we'll hang it ourselves. But, you know, for me, it's important as the caretaker of this medicine to make sure that it is, you know, upheld with the most respect, um, not only to the artists and to the art, but to the ancestors and to the story and the land where it comes from. And, yeah, it's just really exciting to for me Um to to grow and learn more about what this art scene looks like and it's it's also really exciting too to be able to break down those barriers of you know museums you know only telling a certain side of the story or um accreditation to where you have to have gone to school for so many years to be able to show art um you know when the reality is is you can't you have to break down those barriers because that's a part of what art is all about right 
And so for me, it's that's most exciting is to be able to break down those barriers to say, no, we're going to show our art the way that we want. And no piece of paper is going to tell us whether or not we can do that. Um, and so that for me, that's what's one of the most exciting parts of um, being able to, to, to work with this exhibition and travel with it. And then um, I had the honor to attend the exhibition and be there with you. And um, the opening night was uh, incredible. There was so many performance artists and so many of the artists present. Can you talk about um, how the whole opening event came to be? Um, what was what was the decision for the artists who performed and what was the decision to hold such a, a massive like gathering? Um, we were approached by the California endowment and actually we, my, one of our brothers, um, Charlie there, he actually made that connection and said, Hey, you know, you guys really got to bring the show out. And so he planted that seed and, you know, we, we took it and ran with it. And, um, the California Endowment, they have um, thankfully, you know, really believed in a lot of what was happening and have supported a lot of indigenous um, art and artists and um, been in solidarity with a lot of the, the frontlining work. And, you know, it was just the perfect opportunity to show something like this. And, you know, I, across the country, people are still on that standing rock high. And so people are still trying to, 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 to identify and they're gravitating towards being, you know, these water continuing to be water protectors. And, um, you know, we wanted to create this space for L.A. and for California to see what's really happening in their communities, to see the dependence. Like for me, as a Diné woman, it was more it was most important for them to see how Diné and Hopi people have been, you know, you know, we've really helped them as a state get to where they're at. You know, you look at the Mojave generating station, you look at the N aquifer and how much of that water has been depleted because of the state. Um, the other part of why it was so important to show it in L.A. is um, to reconnect with our Chicano relatives. And especially since there's, you know, so much racism and white supremacy that is happening in our communities that, you know, we have to stand together and really reconnecting um, with our Chicano relatives from the with the north northern relatives and, um, you know, showing that we're one and the same. And so for me, that was one of the biggest the biggest goals. And in terms of the artists, I the, the folks that I picked are folks that, you know, I have been working with in the past 10 years that, you know, who didn't give up, who didn't give up or who didn't sell out, <laughs> you know, continue to just keep pushing and keep doing the work. And um, what I've come to find is that we have to continue to, to help each other and, and, and be a family and and move forward together. And I wanted to be able to, you know, bring some of my sisters and bring some of my brothers that have been putting in the work. And, you know, bring them to a place like L.A. and, you know, share their gifts to the with the community members. And it, it was really great because I it was a very massive space. I don't know um, if you if folks have been to self-help graphics, but it's an amazing space. And I had gone there maybe four years ago on a tour and we were just checking out different art art 
um, centers in the LA area and we came across self-help graphics. And I remember being there and thinking like, wow, this place is amazing. It would be really great to throw an art show there. And, um, so basically being able to do it was like a dream come true for me. And, um, so we were able to pack the house, um, the, the, the beginning of the show, you know, we had a line outside for people to get in. It went around the building and, um, we also through the California endowment, they have a program called brothers. Um, and they basically bring indigenous youth from across, uh, brothers and sons. And basically they bring, um, indigenous youth from across California to do these different workshops to learn about different things throughout the year and when we were hanging the pieces for the curation process they were there and we did little like uh, workshops with them talking to them you know we walked them through the exhibition and um, we told them about you know this is what each piece represents these are the different struggles that are currently happening in Indian country um, and so from there the youth during the opening night they were able to be the tour guides and the curators um, for the exhibition and so you know we had one one um, tour guide lead a group of 10 people throughout the exhibition and that was also really powerful and really great to see young people you know really step up and you know see them, you know, they, they really did listen to the things that the artist had told them. And, and that was really beautiful in itself. But, you know, throughout the night, I had people come up to me and talk about how they've never seen an exhibition like that in LA, in their city. Um, there was another auntie that came up to me and she was probably like in her fifties and six fifties or sixties. And, you know, she told me like, I, I never go out, you know, I usually just stay at home and, um, but I'm glad that I came tonight because I haven't seen an exhibition like this in all of my years in LA. And thank you for bringing this medicine to us. You know, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the young people and the artists for what you're doing. It makes me feel good. And, you know, I feel, I feel a sense of healing as I'm leaving. And, um, and I think everybody felt that that night, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's the power of this art. That's the power of this exhibition. That's the power that these artists are bringing forward. And, you know, really the ancestors are speaking through them. And, and that's really how I feel about it. And which is why I'm kind of um, really stingy with, you know, who's hanging the art and, and all of that type of stuff. Just because, you know, there's, there's, there's prayers and medicine that come along with that and, and, it's our it's our story and i want to i want to continue to cherish that Nanaba Chacon. Uh, I'm from Albuquerque. I'm Chicana. I'm from the Dene Nation. Uh, I'm an artist. I'm a human. I'm here. <laughs> and what type of work do you do? I'm a painter. I'm a muralist. Um, and I think that about covers it. I, I illustrate. And what does the term resistance mean to you? Resistance at this point, for me, it means freedom. Um, because I think that there's so many 
control. Uh, there's so much control on um, and limitations on the way we're taught to think, to behave, to exist, to walk down the street, to how we interact with one another. Um, anytime that you create a pushback on that, it's really just about exerting your natural freedom. So um, resistance has this radical connotation, but right now I think to, to live freely and to be uh, a free-thinking person and to be respectful to one another within that idea is requires resistance. And what do you feel art can give to future generations who are navigating the trauma of colonization? Um, what art can give to future generations who are navigating the trauma? I... I I feel like a lot of trauma is is kind of bestowed upon you in the amount that you want to let it. Mm. And again, I feel like if you live within within that concept of of trauma, um, it'll always be inflicted upon you. And the thing that I think that is powerful about art is art is really a gateway to transcendence. And I think that that's really the main purpose of art is, is to create a different, a different reality, um, be able to exist on different planes. It's a different language. It creates a different opportunity to communicate with different people. And it's also a way to express things that we can't express within a spoken language and in that it's, it's emotion and, and it has all of these transcending factors that I think are used to transcend trauma and and that's why I think it's a, a powerful vehicle and should be used not just by people who, who feel like they're traumatized but all people all people I mean it's an innate function that we have as human beings to want to create art and it's existed throughout time because it was necessary and for the last question um is there any like little seed of advice that you can give for young people who are, are feeling drawn to this path of working in art and resistance um, but might be afraid to? Like Anything that you can say to inspire them? Um, just make work. Make work every day. Do, don't care what people think or how they perceive it or really... Um if you feel like the need to say it, don't worry about political correctness or who's going to support it. If it's something you believe in, do it. Um, I think all of those avenues brings up dialogue, and, and a lot of that dialogue is necessary. And, and uh, nobody's going to do it unless you do it. So do it. Just do it. Oh, yeah. Hello, my people, my kin. My name's Lila June. Black Charcoal Street Division of Tachitni of the Dene people. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right now. And um, I'm a poet, I'm a musician, I'm an anthropologist, I'm an educator, um, I, I'm an acoustic guitarist, I'm a beat box hip-hop artist I'm a spoken word I just do whatever I want to do at the moment and um uh but I, but I try to remember that creator gave me all of these gifts and that my my first uh, my first responsibility is to try my hardest to learn more about creator and try and get closer to creator in any way shape or form that I can 
And what does the term resistance mean to you presently? Well, honestly, I feel like resistance is an interesting battle because you're fighting against something that's actually already on its way out. Um, I feel like capitalism, um, patriarchy, all these things are actually designed to fail. They're designed to be unsustainable. So right now I'm actually focusing more on um, creating new systems instead of resisting old ones. So that means um, creating gardens. That means looking at the way we used to use water and basically getting all of our water from streams, rivers, springs. Um, because when we do that, we have more investment in protecting those water sources, you know, if we're drinking straight from them. Um, and also changing the way people think about food, you know, uh, creating local food systems and really thinking about ways in which we can feed ourselves. Because not too far from now, there won't be any groceries on the shelf. There won't be any furniture in Ikea. There won't be any gas at the gas station because gas doesn't last forever. We've used... Um, over half of the world's gasoline in the past 70 years and it's we're at peak oil right now so i'm really looking towards like creating a new system because this old system is already going to collapse on its own we don't really need to help it collapse it's it's destined to collapse and how do you use your art your um your artistic practice to inspire protection of mother earth what what kind of techniques do you use in art Well, I use hip-hop mainly to talk about these issues because when you see a Diné woman in her traditional dress um, beatboxing, it gets people's attention. And and when you start spitting flows and you start laying down bars um, and just letting people know how you feel in rhyme format, then they kind of stop and perk up their ears and listen. Um, I also do a lot of singing and, and just acoustic guitar work just to... You know, it's sort of like in grade school when you used to learn the ABCs, they taught it to you through song because we learn things through song. And our old um, societies, our indigenous societies, a lot of the transmission of knowledge happened through song because you can remember it. It gets into your body, gets into your rhythm of your bones. And so um, I think song is a really good way to do that. Uh, In addition, I do a lot of public speaking. Um, but really just, I'm not much of a painter or (laughs) anything like that, but I can, but I can speak pretty good and I can lay down some bars. So that's pretty much my main medium is hip hop. How can we create art sustainably? Have you been, have you been thinking about that conscious ways to create art sustainably, like, um, engaging in your practice in a more sustainable way? Yeah, I think that um, even our protests are environmentally uh, polluting sometimes because we use aerosols, we use papers that come from trees, we use um, polyesters perhaps, or we use different uh, paints that are actually toxic. And so I I try to remember what our ancestors did, which was um, create everything from create what Creator gave us. You know, Creator gave us paints and gave us natural dyes. Creator gave us clay creator gave us uh, wood, Uh, creator gave us um, chert and obsidian to cut with, creator gave us all of these wonderful things that work uh, better than these uh, man-made things that um, I I know it's kind of, you know, idealist to think that we could switch to a new art form, but remembering that our, our ancestors were not primitive, they were highly advanced, they were highly sophisticated, and they had incredible uh, art forms. They had incredible ways of creating art and speaking through art. 
and the basket weavings that they did and that we still do today are just so incredibly um, intricate and complex and it, we need to remember that all of our art materials are right there in the forest or the desert or the coast or wherever it is that you live. And what advice would you give to people who are trying to find their way perhaps through art or through direct action? Um, do you have any seeds of knowledge that you've gained perhaps over the past 10 years that you could share to help people on their path? Um, I think, honestly, prayer is the biggest thing because when I was young, I did a lot of drugs and well, society fed me drugs, really, as a young person, and um, I got into a lot of uh, hardship and was abused as a woman in ways you're not supposed to be abused since I was a very young woman. And so um, I, I think finding your gift really involves prayer. And once you find your gift, at least for me, it helped me get out of the drugs, it helped me get out of hating myself for what people had done to my body and all these things. Because once you find, once creator gives you your gift and helps you see what your gift is, then you remember why you're here on earth. You remember why you were planted here. You remember the mission that you, you prayed to do before you even came into a human body. And once you have your mission, uh, maybe it's, I mean, I can't really tell people you know, what their mission is, or because that's between them and creator, that's between them and their, their innate design in their, in their DNA. And so it's really important, I think, to connect with creator directly and, and ask for that guidance and, and trust that all the prayers you make will be answered and all the things you ask for to be illuminated will be illuminated, um, including, you know, what is your life's purpose and what are you here to do? What are you here to give to, give to your people and give to the earth? Thank you. My name is Rylan, and I am from Phoenix, Arizona. And what are you doing here at the Art of Indigenous Resistance Exhibition? Um, I am using my studio art skills in a versatile way to help curate. Cool. So you've kind of had a hand in a lot of in a lot of the creation of um, putting the work up and yeah, yeah, just being all around here, hanging out. What does the term resistance mean to you? Resistance means to revitalize compassion. That's what it means to me. And what do you feel art can give to future generations who are navigating trauma from colonization? It can give them a voice to speak about things that they haven't been able to speak about, but to also um, elaborate in a way where people can create dialogue and take away different perspectives from all over the place. And what do you feel like art contributes to a resistance movement? Art contributes controversy, which is like uh, a really big thing that we need because um, it's kind of hard to talk to people about colonization without like victimization coming up. Art, it basically just gives everybody a voice that doesn't feel like they have a voice or sometimes there are people that don't want to have a voice but that is their voice is making art and so it's, it's a lot easier for them to convey that and everybody to take away something different. How can we approach inspiring the protection of Mother Earth through art? We can inspire it by creating work that brings awareness to coexistence. 
and how um, we have to start taking accountability as human beings that we're among like a planet of all different kinds of living things and we need to like um, recognize that there is a hierarchy you know in place whether it's through government or just us as human beings and not respecting our boundaries or the 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 spaces of other living things like animals and plants and that kind of thing as if I can somehow magically disarm my own skin never hide underneath the many layers of lies of a caring and irresponsible men I will not only believe again but actually manifest dreams and live them manifest positive themes of self rooted within stroke and brush out the wisdom and memories of my tangled long hair condition and braid it lovingly with such vigilance and care honor my resilience witness when I finally stop to stare at God's child intended to change this world upon realizing the importance of finding home right here fight of life my name is wake self I am of Mexican descent Mescalero Apache Irish human um, I make rap music <laughs> uh, I make beats, I rhyme, you know, I live, I eat, I'm a conscious consumer. Um, what role since colonization has art and music had in standing up against the dominating heteronormative, patriarchal, colonized culture that we live in today? Um, I think it has a huge influence because creation in itself is a feminine attribute you know what I mean it's a process of femininity creating a song is giving birth you know so when they, a lot of artists use the term in the womb of creation but cre creating actually comes out of your female side you know and so I think the essence of any art in itself that's already connecting people you know and people who are you know of course you have male dominated art to where it's more ego driven however there's still a balance you know um, then of course you see powerful women in art all the time you know and it changes people's perspectives you know we got female women MCs such as Rhapsody uh, Jean Grey MC Light Bahamadia Lady of Rage so many incredible incredible um, MCs you know, just blowing people's minds and, and, and just showing that there is no uh, inequality when it comes to skills, you know what I mean? Skills are skills, and that's what it's all about, you know, coming from your heart and having skills and practicing your craft. You know, we also have great painters, beat makers, DJs, you know, and, and they're just breaking down walls every day that were created and and conditioned into us, you know. And then I, and I also feel that there's a certain amount of males, not too many, but there's some taking the stance. You know, you got Pac coming with the Dear Mama song. You know, it's Boys to Men. You know, it's like some cheesy stuff, but it really shows people that they think about their mother and the value that their mother has. You know, it may reposition their consciousness to look at uh, a sister that they encounter or somebody that they may have called a, a hoe or things like that. You know what I mean? There's a. The way I look at it is the way you treat your loved ones, you gotta look at other strangers like that, you know? So I think hip hop and music in general and art in general can kind of redirect 
you know, our lenses a little bit. And how do you interpret the term resistance? Um, that's what happens when my pants are too tight and I'm walking together and they rub <laughs> together. No, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's really, to me, it's, we've been forced into this position, you know? We're forced to do what, what we have to do. We're forced to, to stand up and be examples, be leaders, be proactive. You know, I'm sure it's not something we would want to do. We want to just be humans just like everybody else, you know? And uh, and then you have people that are, that are from all races coming together. So I think resistance is actually a tool and a, you know, it started off as a way to, you know, to, to take action. But now you have people that are understanding what wrong and right is from all different races and it's actually a, a tool of unity so it's you know it's a beautiful thing it's you take it's what we do you know it's what hip-hop is as well we take whatever we can and make the most beautiful scenario out of it you know and make a movement out of it and how can we inspire protecting mother earth through art and music like what are some what are some techniques that you've been using to inspire protecting mother earth um you know, I use my lyrics as they're my main form of expression, outlet tool. I rap about recycling. I rap about, you know, different things about water. And and I just think, you know, our art, you know, you put a, you see people making documentaries that really change people. You see somebody watch a documentary and their whole way of thinking was different, you know? So just every outlet that we can do right now, it's, it's, more is more. They say less is more, but right now more is more because there's so much propaganda for the wrong side, you know? So it's anything we can possibly do, every, any word we can get in, you know? And um, myself, I, uh, you know, I like to drive hybrids on tour. Um, all my music, the material, the packaging and things like that is made from recycled material. The CD, like the actual plastic and all them things. And so I try to do my part as far as that goes and leave a, you know, less of a carbon footprint. You know, I get on my friends to recycle all that stuff. You know, it's like, this is small, it's little wins here and there, you know. But I think the bigger, the bigger the platform, you know, when you see these documentaries on Netflix or if you hear a rapper talking about how he recycles, there's a, even, even a, Rappers that I'm not necessarily, I don't listen to, like even the lap, rapper Little B, the bass god, he recycles, you know what I mean? And he has millions of fans. He was he dropped a tweet about how uh, he's the type of dude that keeps trash in his pocket all day till he gets home to recycle. And I do that same thing, you know what I mean? So just using your influence, you know, using your influence for, for the better. And so what advice would you have for young people who are interested in engaging in art in the way you are? Um, there's a lot of different things. Um, one, of, one of the main things I always tell people is to read, you know, read. Read some actual books and, and learn. I think there's a few different levels of really finding yourself in whatever you want to do in your craft. You know, the main one is showing up and putting hours in every day, you know. You definitely got to always put those hours in. It's, and you got to see it like... I got to show up every day and really put the hours in, you know? That's the most important part. But the other part is always finding information, you know? Always creating different uh, 
synapses in your brain and bridges to different knowledge and concepts and stretching your mind out, you know? The more you stretch your mind out, you know, the more topics you have, the more grasp you'll have on, you know, being able to communicate your point. And then uh, the third part is just, you know, trusting the process of finding your voice, you know what I mean? And, and realizing that, it's, that it may take a minute for you to be comfortable with your skin as an artist, you know? And, but to really just embrace yourself and your own individuality, you know? So Clover, what do you feel like um, art contributes to a resistance movement today? Um, I feel like it's... Mm, I feel like it's like paragraphs, like books. Like not a lot of kids are reading books and it's like just out there. I feel like it's a lot of knowledge in them, and if they actually stop and look at them, even if they don't, like, dissect it, it's some of the images will still stay engraved. I feel like it... I feel like it's a voice, to be honest. And what does the term resistance mean to you? To me, um... It means to stand up, to... Um, to voice your feelings, I feel. And how can we create sustainable art practices? Um, do you, I mean, in street art, we use so much stuff that is not sustainable, bad for the environment. Do you have any ideas of how we can move forward in a way that's more sustainable through our art practices as we work in resistance work through art? I feel if we write more, if we if we speak more about our artwork and um, maybe maybe write stuff down or yeah, I, I feel like if we write more rather than paint something on a wall, if we speak to the youth and um, yeah, just writing and talking, I feel. Thank you. My name is Marlon Foot Racer. I am Dinna. Water flows together, born for one who walks around you, clan. Uh, my paternal grandparents are Red House, and then my um, other grandparents are Bitterwater, and I identify as omnigendered, above coming from the Latin word omni, so above um, pronouns, he, she, them, it, they. And what type of work do you do? So I like to identify myself as a practitioner of the indigenous spoken arts, whatever form that manifests itself, whether it's short stories, whether it's essay, poetry primarily is my main vehicle, um, but I also do marketing for indigenous focused projects. Mm. And what does resistance art mean to you when you hear that term? So resistance art, um, probably I would f focus first on the noun rather than the adjective. Um, and for me, art is the practice of deep introspection and meditative space. So even before you um, externalize or manifest something, it first comes from a traditional place, the first for thought. And in our Navajo culture, we have a phrase, um, Ah, ah, just ego. Meaning, 
it is all up to you. So your art, whether it's weaving, jewelry making, or whether it's taking care of someone, or even making a piece of bread, that in and of itself comes from an internal space of reflection. Um, resistance is an external word. Resistance being in the physical, so that could mean against you and um, another person, an idea or abstract or concept. Um, and when you combine those two, it is actively decolonizing an idea. And what do you think about the term decolonize? I like to use the, I prefer when I can, the term indigenization. So in the English language, which is what we're conversing in, um, colony is the root word of that phrase. And it gives primacy to the nation state effects of language, of discovery, history, art, militarized conquest, all of that. Um, and indigenization is a word that borrows from a Latin tradition, but it means turning things to your indigenous or traditional or new traditional way of thinking. And so if there's people listening to this, what advice could you have for young people who are trying to find their way um, as artists who might be interested in re-indigenizing? Um, first and foremost, the most important story that exists in this entire world is a story that you tell yourself. Whether it's something that you can do an art project, whether it's something you can think of beyond school, middle school, high school, um, and look at possibility models that there is something that if it doesn't exist, don't despair that it doesn't exist, but be emboldened by the fact that you could make it exist. Um, I'm reminded of a phrase that an elder had told me, which is, um, the future emerges through you. So you make individual tiny choices that could lead to something bigger, more luminous and beautiful, and that you're all part of it. What is really knowledge though? They got us by the collarbone. If you're feeling like you're being lied to, then you're not alone. Lock your homes. They want us segregated and separated into sections infecting our perceptive nature. Our savior, the free thinking that's bleeding through. You hear the universe speaking, or do you just read the news? Too many failed systems enlisted to teach the youth. Just because everyone believes something doesn't mean it's true. Diversify, being one sided won't help. If it's really true, then you can fill it in your whole self. Wisdom before us may remain ancient secrets. Not every sacred language translates into English. Kids will read the Twitter feed of actors with prime time status disconnected from their mind's eye for Wi Fi access. I heard. Yeah, it's Shan Phoenix Inisha. Twitter cheat Nisha, slow northern Paiute, but just Sheen Nadina Shlachnache. Akia Shinda Nasha. I said, um, My name is Sheyan Phoenix. I am Bitterwater and I'm half northern Paiute and I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm 21 years old. And what type of work do you do? I am an indigenous activist, um, born and raised here in Los Angeles, and I work here in the community. I've worked um, in the community since I was 12 years old, and um, I also go to school. Um, right now, I work with Red Earth Defense. I was uh, part of the co-founding of that organization, and we're working on um, divesting Los Angeles City Hall from any corporate banks and institutions that fund the fossil fuel industry or the Dakota Access Pipeline and any other pipelines. Um, Long Beach currently has 1,900 miles of oil pipelines in it, um, the city that I live in, and we're also working on their divestment 
within the city of like any banks that are tied to the oil industry also and other places so a lot of work <laughs> what is the importance of indigenous-led resistance um the fact that the u.s was built on indigenous uh, people and that it was built on genocide for hundreds of years now, 524, 25 years um, of resistance that has been going on since the settlers have came here. So um, to the colonizers, the oppressors, they're still here, they're still doing their pressure, they're pressing, and um, it's, it's taking place every day. And people uh, need to understand that indigenous people's rights are being under attack our sovereignty and the fact that you know we had our own languages we had our own traditions our practices our culture um, our own ways of life that had nothing to do with um, the the yeah the the systematic like you know oppression that is being caused by many different people of color many different people even including uh, white people so and what words of advice could you give to young people who are interested in activating? Like, where's the first step? To um, look to their elders and community leaders for their voice, to find their voice. And the ones that are, the ones that are like, leading with um, prayer and with uh, alcohol and drug-free, that are living that uh, sober life, that red road, we call it, a good way of life and um, to look to them for guidance and from there just get connected with other youth, get connected with um, their elders and other adults and start up a, their, own, their own organization, their own club at school, their own um, whatever it is, talking circle or you know their own dance group and just to stay connected and to keep doing what they're doing because their ancestors have fought and died for them to be here. Uh, hello, my name is Melissa Govea. I am from Tongvaland, Los Angeles. I'm an, I'm an artist out of self-help graphics, multi multidisciplinary artist. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel like art contributes to a resistance movement today? So art has a powerful um, has a powerful effect because um, we can raise consciousness with the messages that we're trying to uh, portray. So we have a responsibility to. Uh, to show our narratives in another medium, and art is a very powerful one because we can say so much with just a picture. And what are some ways that people can engage in supporting indigenous resistance through art? So through art, um, it can uh, it can spark ideas, you know. So it can spark dialogues, ideas, and those are everlasting. So when you see a powerful image and it's there, for example, a mural, you pass by it every day. You're gonna see it every day, and it's gonna make you think and uh, deepen your understanding of indigenous rights and sovereignty. And and art can do that for you. And then once you have that in you, that knowledge and that theory, you can put it into action. And what role since colonization has art had in standing up against um, the dominated, dominating heteronormative patriarchal culture? What has, what has historically the role been of art? So art has been in our culture since the beginning of time. I mean, when you think about graffiti, you're writing on walls, but really it's like we're carrying on the tradition of writing on walls, you know? 
and um, it's just this this type of practice that you know evolves as we go as people of color indigenous people and it's really all we have to to show the world that you know what we're still going in through these effects the consequences of colonialism and you know these newspaper media outlets for sure won't say what we're feeling what we go through so like again i said it's our responsibility to do it as artists of color and what advice would you give to young people who are feeling pulled towards this type of work? Um, how how can they begin? Um, I would say if you're interested in the arts and like wanting to help, that alone is powerful enough. You're halfway there already. Like just you even acknowledging and caring, I mean, can take you to so many places because if you care and you, you put your, your art into action, like you're gonna inspire so many other seeds coming along and that's gonna roll over for the future generation. So anyone who's interested, please just, just stick to art and use that medium like in a very responsible and conscious way because the effects are everlasting for it and it can change the world. Hi, my name is Ray Zaragoza. I am of Akame Otoem descent and I'm a singer songwriter and very happy to have performed tonight at the Art of Indigenous Resistance. And what does the term resistance represent for you personally? Uh, resistance for me is um, knowing that you should go against the grain whether or not it's what society wants you to do or what everyone else is doing. It means that you need to stand up for what you know in your heart is the right thing and what in your soul and what you know is best for Mother Earth. And how do you use art as a tool to protect Mother Earth? Well, just through my songs and writing and expressing my sentiment and how I feel that we should treat Mother Earth, I feel is inspiring others who know deep down in their soul that's what they want to do as well. It's inspiring them to take action. Um, and so I feel that's the best way for me to do my part. Um, and it's a way for me to get people to listen. It's just by singing about it and posting videos and, and using media as a way to connect people and get people inspired to, um, to be a part of the resistance. And what advice would you give to young people who are trying to find their way as artists or musicians in relationship to like bringing um, light to like the resistance movement? What advice could you offer? Uh, my advice is just not be afraid to speak your truth because your truth is beautiful and your truth is, is special and if you can speak your truth people are going to want to hear it and it can change lives, it can save lives and it can really it can help. So especially for indigenous people and, and um, you know everyone, just, it's really important to express yourself, write everything down, do everything you can to speak your mind, speak your truth, don't be afraid, don't feel like you can't speak up for any reason, you know, people are going to tell you to stop, but you have to keep going. There's gotta be some hope There's gotta be some hope There's gotta be some way for you to send your dogs away and to leave the land alone. My name's uh, Votan, and I am of the Maya and Awa peoples. 
and my art is basically very diverse. I go from doing uh, graffiti art to wheat pasting to uh, fine art to graphics. Um, basically, I experiment, you know. And what does the term resistance mean to you? Um, I guess, in a way, is to be able to outlive uh, the oppression that perhaps you're experiencing. But at the same time, too, I feel like that word has to come with its uh, counterpart. Or it's actually not so much counterpart, but with its, with its uh, twin, which should be uh, transcendence. Right? Like, I don't believe in resisting for the rest of my life. Like, I want to resist, but then I want to make moves to be able to transcend and not have to live under resistance mm. to where I can live in a creative place where I'm, I'm comfortable and I don't have to be fighting all the time. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, I think, for the average person. So we like it's it feels good to be honest to resist right to survive and create within a system that perhaps is trying to like do away with you but at the same time you also have to think about creating an alternative to be able to enjoy the struggle right what comes after and so how how do you approach being sustainable as an artist i mean do you do you do anything in your practices um, or think about that, like being sustainable um, to focus on protecting Mother Earth as you're putting out this imagery of resistance? Yeah, you know, um, most importantly, I think living in this country, a capitalist country, um, you have to take care of yourself economically. Mm -hmm. So with art, you can create that with many other you know things as well. But. Uh, with the type of art that we do, there is an audience and there is a market. Unfortunately, it sounds kind of capitalistic, but we all have to make a living. Mm -hmm. So I could work for a corporation or I could work for myself where I could treat people a little bit better and produce things that perhaps um, educate, but also make people feel good uh, about themselves and their identity. Like putting out work that is empowering, I feel is what we lack. We can see American society as based on consumerism, right? Most of the things we consume, they make us feel good because we like it, but yet there's a disconnect with the product, right? So for us, because we do produce garments, items to sell, and for people to consume, because we have a brand, but we also want people to feel like there's a connection to it, even though it is a material item, but everything is material. Basically, your traditional things, your feathers, your buffalo robes, it's all material. So we're trying to basically make that connection with what we create so where people can feel like, oh, I'm going to wear this because it makes me feel good culturally and it empowers me and it opens up um, basically my, my inner spirit. So I think that a lot of things we consume lack that, and we want to be able to convey that. Now, the things that we use, like, you know, oil, like the oil paint, to, you know, it's called plastisol. Like, all these things have all these chemicals that are not good for the environment. So it's going to take a collective to change that. Because, wow, I could be good at creating art and conveying a message, 
there's other people that are good at creating pigments that are healthy, that are better. So we need to start working with people like that. You know, instead of using um, non-organic cotton, we can use organic cotton where it doesn't have to be so expensive, but we need people to come to the table and say, hey, we can create this alternative. Mm -hmm. Instead of getting our shirts um, produced in Honduras or El Salvador or Mexico, we can get them done here, but we got to find, find a way. And there is ways where we can produce things where they're consumable, they're not extremely crazy prices, and people feel good when they walk home with it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's part of the battle itself, where we're also battling, I mean, pollution, I mean, so many different things. And so let's talk about, a, like, being an accomplice. Like, in this social media world, we're so um, separated, but we're so together. Like, how do, what are some ways that we can come together and sit at the table um, as people from all over the world? Um, I think just reaching out to people, especially now that you mentioned the social media. There's people that are in higher and perhaps exper are experiencing bigger platforms than other people, like myself, for example. You talk about followers on social media, like so some people have 100,000 followers, other people have 1,000 followers. So you can message those people, whether they're actors, activists, and you can create a dialogue. Like just recently, uh, like Leah, like my girlfriend was telling me about um, O'Shea Jackson, who had put on a headdress, right? And Native people went after him for doing that, like disrespecting him. And he said, hey, like, don't like punish me, educate me, mm. right? And that's exactly what we need. Like, okay, it's okay to get upset, but don't turn this into more hatred. Like it's, and it's great that he said that because that's exactly what we need, dialogue, right? So we can reach out to these people. Everybody knows somebody who's somewhat important, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know someone who knows someone and we can reach out that way, but why don't we use that? Mm -hmm. why, are, why is our ego so um, controlling that it doesn't allow us to ask, mm -hmm. right? Hey, can you help me out? I want to get this going. Can you ask so-and-so? You know what I mean? And at the same time, too, we need to be aware that as we grow and become those important people, to also give back. Oh, that's important. Because if we don't, that's how we become disconnected. Like, doing what we do, like, yeah, look, I'm being interviewed, right? <laughs> my son's probably like, oh, my God, my dad's getting interviewed. But... It, the reality is, like, I got to change diapers. I still got to pass the vac. You know what I mean? I still got to do things that people perhaps think that others don't have to do because they're famous. Like, we also have to remember that we have to give back and we have to, as hard as it may be, like, be humble. Like Kendrick's song, right? Be humble. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So. so what advice would you have for young people who are interested in maybe the resistance movement, in art, in empowering, like, indigenous peoples? What are some seeds of knowledge that you can share that you've learned maybe in the past 10 years? There's so, just like careers, struggles um, are abundant. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be an architect? or you want to be an activist, you basically, there's all these different struggles going on. Choose your battle. Choose the battle that you identify with. 
But don't be condescending to other people's battles because that also creates a problem. Like, that's cool. Be passionate about your struggle and your battle. But also, like I said earlier, like, look for transcendence to where perhaps that train can stop and doesn't need to keep running. You know what I mean? And then once it, that train stops, get on the next one. You know what I mean? But in a way, you have to keep in mind that you don't always want to be struggling. You don't always want to be in a battle. There's so many things to choose. You could start off with small battles, personal, internal battles, and then grow and move on to something more just, you know, community-based. And then you can take it to a whole even international level. Like for myself, for example, working on that piece outside, uh, it first started with, like, your identity as a Mayan person, an Awa person. Uh, I want to help our people um, feel strong about who they are and not fearful to represent themselves as indigenous people and then you make the connection you meet people from other tribes and other nations and it's like oh hey i want also appreciate your culture and i want to incorporate that into our message right so then you start to grow then it became a continental thing right and eventually it started to branch out to where it's like well there's indigenous people all over the world and you really get to experience that through art by traveling and seeing it with your own eyes. Like I just went to the UAE and I saw indigenous people there. And we were able to connect on an indigenous level. You know, I went to Germany and I met some people, German people, indigenous mentality. It's like, damn, like these people think, act, and behave like us. These are real human beings. Like we need to take it back to that. Like, forget being German, forget being American, forget being Native, be human. Like, that's what it comes down to. Because once all that goes out the window, we can get to work. Yes, so. thank you. Okay, Nestu, Nadanakum, Taki. Hello, my name is uh, Kyla Bird. I'm from Amskapi Bakani, Blackfeet Nation. I live here in LA and I work with uh, indigenous designer Bethany Yellowtail and I'm also an artist and um, have many passionate endeavors in the art community and very passionate about supporting uh, you know my fellow artists in all of our indigenous communities. And what, do, what comes to mind personally for you when you think of the term resistance and in relationship to art? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> so to me, you know, we're not even supposed to be here. And so the fact that, you know, the thing that holds us together the most for our cultures is art. You know, that's the the base of our expression, and we've always had that from the beginning. And so for us to be able to carry that into today and still, you know, show who we are in our artwork and incorporate, you know, the traditional aspects of our artwork into the contemporary and tell our stories through that way, to me that, you know, that epitomizes you know, resistance and that, you know, we're standing strong and we're not allowing, you know, everything that's happened to us, all of our, um, all of our history and the oppressiveness, we're not allowing that to, to overtake 
who we are. And so we're, we're resisting in that manner to me. And what do you think the, um, the, an approach to more sustainable art practices could be, like to re-indigenize art making as far as like spray paint and uh, fashion and stuff? Mm-hmm. Like what are some ways that we can um, reduce the, um, the waste that we're creating as artists mm-hmm. who are moving forward in this way? Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in my experience you know, with artwork in my life. Um, my aunt, she is a, she's a quill worker. And so to watch her um, do that, and from the very beginning, you know, she harvests the quills herself. You know, it's all um, that natural process. She uses natural dyes, which, you know, a lot of people are, these days are using like, um, synthetic dyes because they last longer but I like that she's maintained using natural dyes and um, so I've seen you know in that way I feel like if she's able to pass that on and I carry that for her and she carries that you know to to who she teaches if we can maintain that you know that's a good way to go and even in fashion working with Bethany um, keeping it in the community you know that she's she's hiring and we're using local people um we're trying to source our fabrics you know ethically and and make sure so you know there's that it's like in a sustainable way um as far as like i'm not very familiar with um spray painting and stuff but um i feel like there there's a lot of ways you can make make pigments that are natural and you know they're they're just as as good as you know even for dyes for clothing you know you can really use natural resources like beets you know for example like the color of beets or you know stuff like that you can that's that's what I've seen that's my experience with seeing people actually implement sustainable ways to incorporate that into their art. And where do you hope to see yourself in 10 years as an artist? Oh, man, the loaded question. <laughs> I know, I'm like, uh, which... <laughs> right? Um, I hope to see myself being able to utilize more of my experiences and be able to create, create something for myself, um, as well as, you know, I've been such a supporter for, for my peers that... Um, and I've loved it, you know, I've loved every minute of it. And I think in that way, I've been able to, I've been able to um, figure out, you know, what, where, where my, where my artistic path is leading, you know? And so I think I want to, you know, hone in on that some more and be able to express myself in that way to actually creating, you know, my own pieces. I love collaborating, but I would love to also create something for myself. And so um, I would like to see that for myself in the future. And is that fashion or what would the medium be? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because I just, um, I think my passion started in, in, in um, actually clay and in painting, you know. And so recently I've... I've, it's been a long time. It's been like 10 years or more at least since I've actually, you know, created something from just me for myself. 
And so um, just recently I started I started trying to tap back into that. And so I've ha- I have this newfound love for, you know, my creations and trying to come up with, with ways that I can do that for myself and, you know, implement what I've learned from, you know, all these amazing people I get to be around and all these amazing, like, you know, works of art that they have that, you know, they inspire me so much. And so I would love to be able to, you know, take that and make it into something for, for my, that expresses myself in that way. Hi, my name is Alicia Maria Siu Bernal, Nahuapipil, uh, Maya, and Chinese from Central America, and I'm an artist and muralist. And what do you feel like art contributes to a resistance movement? Um, I think um, art is really powerful in that it can it can um, give us a sense of pride. There's a lot of attacks and threats uh, against our existence as indigenous First Nations peoples uh, in Central America. Active being an activist and indigenous person in defense of the land and water is the number one most dangerous thing. There's um, you know a lot of murders happening. Um, uh, and so I think art has that power to set the tone that we, we want respect and um, set the tone that we are existing, we're not in the past, and we have um, you know, our culture and our values and our, and our way of life and subsistence that, that needs to be respected and, and cherished and loved and just, uh, just to show the beauty of it. Mm. And what does the term resistance mean to you? Ah, well, resistance means a uh, continuation of our life ways. Um, resistance means uh, to teach the young, the, the, our kids and our children, who we are and not to spread the lies that have been spread um, throughout the colonial years. Um, resisting is continuation. So how can we inspire like the young people or um, people who might not be artists? How can we use art to inspire protection of Mother Earth? What are some some ways that you've done that perhaps? Uh, put forth the issues that are happening right now um, uh, to understand who is threatening our, our very existence and through art, I've done murals before, and just recently I went back to Honduras, for example, and I painted an honor mural for the recently murdered Berta Cáceres. Um, she was a Lenca activist. So in the town that I painted it in, um, some people didn't even know about her, even though it's in the same uh, you know, country. So um, putting faces and um, the reasons why we paint and to defend the water and the land. So putting it out there in a visual form that people usually respect because they say, oh, a painting, how beautiful. They don't feel threatened by a painting. So, so, so in that way, that's how we inform and educate people. feel art can give to future generations who are navigating trauma from colonization? 
young folks connection to the ancestors because when you have that connection then it starts that for me it has started that process of healing and you know our self-expression is a part of who we are as indigenous people and so the more the the more that we are using self-expression you know whether it be song or dance or poetry music art painting you know all of these things then that's a form of resistance and that's a that's a connection to the ancestors and so through that connection um young people or you know I, I i swear i can only speak for myself but what i've come to find is that there's healing in that that starts the process of healing and it'll it's like planting a seed and you know you'll you'll start to want to learn more and more about who you are and start you know really kind of exploring you know your 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 prayer to your dancing and your songs to your prayers and so on and so forth. And so I really feel like art is the, the catalyst for creating that, that space to heal for, for our young people. And how would you define the term resistance? What does the term resistance mean to you? Uh, there's so many ways that we could flip this. <laughs> um, <laughs> For me, it's it's really it's for me. It's like honoring honoring the ancestors and and in being who we are as Indigenous people because we have been beaten down, we have been um, shamed in so many ways to prevent us from being who we really are. And so resistance really is a way to bang on colonialism. It's a way to, you know, really honor, honor who we are as indigenous people and honoring the land and honoring the ancestors and, um, you know, really bringing to the forefront what that resistance looks like is ceremony. It looks like art. It looks like song. Um, it looks like, you know, the retelling of stories and, and um, you know, that way the future generations are able to really be able to continue to tell those stories. Because the reality is, is that the stories that we're telling now are the same ones that our great, 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 great grandparents told. And, um, you know, that's 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 a huge form of resistance in terms of um, colonialism um, patriarchy in a lot of senses as well. Um, but it also teaches us to be able to understand why we have to protect mother earth and mother water or why we have to be protectors because we have that connection. Um, you know, for Dine people, our Dine, our holy people are different elements of nature, you know, like, um, wind, water, the sun, um, you know, it's it, each of these elements are our holy people. And so in order to connect to those holy people, we have to we have to sing and we have to pray and we have to dance. And, um, you know, through colonization and history of, you know, religion and churches coming into our communities, they saw that and they tried to do everything that they could to keep that from happening. And so, you know, that that's part of the reason why we have to continue to resist 
And that really speaks to what indigenous resistance really is. So how can we create sustainable art practices that align with protecting the earth? And what are some steps that artists could take to be more sustainable in their approach to creating work or resistance art? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, it, it, it has to go back to the, the very bottom line of what indigenous expression is and that has to go into to song and dance and, and those types of things. Um, basically, ceremony. So being able to go to ceremony has taught me what the great, 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 great ancestors did to, you know, create the masks, to create the instruments. Um, and there is a way to do it because the ancestors have been doing it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you can see a lot of examples of it through, um, Dina rug weaving, you know, a lot of the pigments that they got have come from, from, from the land, from the earth. And it's just, you really breaking down the standards of what the barriers, what Western art says is art and really reclaiming it and going back to traditionalism. And from what I understand about what, you know, even harvesting a lot of these pigments and things is, is that you only take what you need. And, and that teaches us to not be greedy. It teaches us to, to, to be communal and leaving some for, you know, other people or leaving some so that it will be able to grow, continue to grow. And so there is a way to do it. There is a means to do it. Um, but if you're looking at something more towards like, you know, screen printing is something that's like super toxic. It's, um, takes a lot of energy to be able to do those types of things. And, you know, you hear screen printers talk about how it's hard and that it, it'll be a really long transition to be able to do it. But the bottom line is they have to do it. They have to create those types of practices in order to, for that change to happen. Um, and, you know, it would be great to see that Native people um, really take that approach of being more sustainable, of, you know, being the pioneers of continuing to be sustainable. But I also think that it has to take it. It, it also it doesn't just fall on the artists themselves to create this change. It takes us as human beings as consumers, quote unquote consumers, to, to, to break down those barriers, because at the end of the day, what it all ties down into is capitalism. You know, the capitalism teaches us to want these types of things. It teaches us that we need these clothes, that we need this art and this, that and the other thing. But um, why can't we promote things that are more sustainable? And, and that's part of this resistance as well, is um, really breaking down those barriers of what capitalism and colonialism is, because they go hand in hand. You know, those teachings are what has shamed us from being indigenous. But now it's up to us to really take a step aside from that and really reclaim that and go back to um, really going into going into the land. Um, I, it makes me think of um, one of my brothers that, you know, I have been able to work with in the art scene and, you know, we grew up together, but he's doing a series of p paintings that have to do with natural pigments. Um, his name is Patrick Hubble and he's basically harvesting things from the earth and, you know, creating paintings out of that. 
And, you know, when I first saw him do that, I thought, wow, how brilliant. Like, why aren't there more artists that are doing this? Like, he just has to go outside and, you know, he's out there like harvesting stuff and he's able to create these beautiful creations. And and really, the grandmas are able to do that. You know, look at all of the beautiful rugs that they make and it all comes off of the land. Um, And I guess we just have to figure out where we're going in this whole art scene and we have to decide whether it's for survival or if it's for credibility because if it's for credibility then it's not communal right then it's it's to become famous it's for capitalism it's to become you know rich or whatever whereas you know for indigenous art it's about continuing the songs and the prayers and the dances and, um, you know, carrying on the traditions and, and carrying on that connection to the ancestors. Um, do you want to say anything about um, maybe when the show is ending and when if it's going to be going somewhere else? Uh, do you have any do you have anything you want to say about the art of indigenous resistance exhibitions next steps? I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to. No pressure. <laughs> oh, no. I just mean in the terms of like, you know, when we first started, it was like 35 pieces and now it's 101 pieces. <laughs> and it's like, it's exhausting, but it's also so worth it. You know, like community members are really yearning for, for this type of medicine to come to their communities because, you know, just like the auntie said, you know, they're not used to having this type of art because curators of the museum are the ones that decide shown and what is being said. And um, I, I just hope to continue to be able to keep pushing those barriers and, um, you know, really see what happens. And the other thing that I've noticed is that there is a lot of similar shows that are happening and a lot of them are happening um, after Standing Rock. And one of the things that I want to be known is that there are people who have been doing this type of resistance work way before there was this whole Standing Rock movement. And I, you know, I give so many props to them because, you know, like if you look at the scene, you know, five years ago, when they were putting out this art that had to do with the extractive industries, everybody was just kind of like, oh, whatever, that environmental stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, now everybody is doing it and everybody it's, it's, it's like the, the sexy thing to do. But the reality is, is that folks are given props, you know, because they're the ones that have really stuck to it and, and they're still doing a lot of it now. And, it's, it's really encouraging to see that people are gravitating towards that, that type of art, because then that means that, you know, the ancestor stories are still being told, you know, that there's still that connection to the earth. And, um, you know, that that's one of the biggest reasons why we do this work. And it, it really helps us to find our warrior spirit for why we need to be protectors. What is it about society that disappoints you so much? Oh, I don't know. Is it that we collectively thought Steve Jobs was a great man, even when we knew he made billions off the backs of children? Or is it that we voted for this? Not with our rigged elections, but with our things, our property, our money. We want to be sedated. Because it's painful to 
Nowadays, people living in their trucks Instead of God worshiping the dividends and such It's really hard to find someone who isn't in the rut And spirits are in turmoil, adrenaline is suck And purchasing a house requires millions of bucks Some put up a tent and fire and be living in the cut Little kids is getting bucked, where the children get a gun In the middle of a diddle, Willie Lynch is vision done And the rain is full of acid falling on you when it comes And the planet is polluted, calming every citizen With a voice, make a choice, listen to the inner drum Coming from the bottom of your stomach when you feel it rumble it's us against the ones that want us literally done and finished Brother, sister, come together underneath the sun It is the war of Armageddon and it's buzzing here amongst us Until the day we rise up and we fight for love and justice Y'all, we can change the world, never say that we can't do it This is bigger than sports, entertainment, and rap music Injustice up in the streets, either police or mass shoot The heartbeat of America needing a transfusion Fact. It's mass enslavement, half-awakened cattle ranch Snapchat filters making facial recognition databases The gratification inside the age of the internet Lights on a post don't equate to the range of your intellect Evolution of consciousness got me breaking the chrysalis Money isn't my king with a racist face on the Benjamin Politicians are idiots, it's a crazy predicament Isn't it how we're living and navigating the the vigorous weather conditions Build a world of truth and integrity I'm saying Love yourself more than you do these celebrities Ooh, out here to open your eyes The revolution won't be televised Stream it on your mobile device, yeah. have to change the world